All right, everybody, welcome to Talking Taker, episode number 51 of our encyclopedic exploration, digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all time. want to thank you for joining us for yet another round of Dead Man Talking. My name is Alex Dorio. I am one of your co-hosts, one of the creatures of the night, and I am joined, as always, by my tag team partner, my wrestling buddy, Mr. Travis White himself, the one and only. And Travis, my man, are you ready to play judge, jury, and executioner for the night? Oh, I am. Speaking of executioner, I'm glad he's gone. Let's he's not, company at this point. Let's not, let's not play with executioner. <laughs> no. yeah. Oh, Terry Once Gordy. was enough. Yeah, once was enough. I'm ready to play judge and jury. So, yeah, executioner can go. Yeah, yeah. man, I'm ready for judgment day. I remember specifically this particular poster thinking that the word judgment was spelled wrong because I'd always spelled it J-U-D-G-E-M-E-N-T and then I had to look up on like in a dictionary and realize you can spell it both ways. So, yeah, kudos to WWE for teaching me how to spell. I pretty much remember having that conversation with you I yeah. think, in, in middle school. We're in, uh, we're in seventh grade now at yeah. this point in life. Uh, or no, we're, no, we're still in sixth grade. No, well, we're in seventh grade. It's October yeah. 98. Yeah, yeah, it's October. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we've started off seventh grade. Uh, yeah, Ray, we're huge wrestling fans. We've definitely bonded on that at this point back in time. I remember talking about that, man. Yeah, I remember like, how stupid they can't even spell judgment. And like, oh, I had to look it up. Like, oh, you can spell it both ways, apparently. Wrestling. So I guess the, the E is silent anyway, so well, let's drop it. So. I, I remember being in elementary school and thinking of the word intercontinental uh, <laughs> when, when talking about the continents. So I'm trying to spell oh, that, yeah. trying to spell continent. I'm like, okay, intercontinental title. I know how that's spelled, so I can spell continent. Oh. And wrestling is educational. It is. Absolutely it is. So That's what I keep telling myself. <laughs> 25 years later. Yeah, all this stupid, useless knowledge in our heads. But uh, yeah, man, tonight we've got jury duty. We're talking Judgment Day, oh. uh, <laughs> October 1998. So as Vince McMahon wants us to do, let's uh, humble ourselves and, and go through this uh, this breakdown. Well, glad, this it's, glad it's Vince and not the uh, Iron Sheik wants to humble ourselves. Thank goodness, man. <laughs> or he, he'll make us humble. Glad oh, he will. He yeah. So yeah, let's let's humble ourselves as Vince promotes or is encourages us to do it. Let's go let's break down uh if you will this pay per view. So let's uh gas up the hearse and travel back in time to <laughs> September twenty eighth, nineteen ninety eight, where it all begins. We're picking up the night after breakdown in your house, which we covered last week on episode fifty of the show, and of course a wild ending to that matchup, a triple threat matchup with Undertaker Kane and Stone Cold Steve Austin. And Undertaker and Kane picked up the win together, seemingly, uh, with a double yeah. pinfall over Stone Cold Steve Austin. And, you know, in theory, it looked like, well, this could possibly be the Undertaker's third title reign, maybe. He pinned the WWF champion somehow. But, of course, Vince McMahon is the one who left with the title. And he is going to enter into the arena here at the beginning of Monday Night Raw with Stone Cold Steve Austin's WWF title, just as he promised and guaranteed yep. last week on Raw. He's a man of his word. He promised and said he was going to do it. And usually, if a heel does that, promises somebody, it's okay to write it off or it's not going to happen. But if right. a face does, you know the face. If the face doesn't come through with it, then they're a liar and you've lost all, you know, you've lost the crowd. So I'm surprised here. A heel, he's promised it and. He came through, but again, Vince McMahon's the biggest heel in the business at this oh point. Oh my gosh, so. man. And it just, it's, it's almost not even more apparent than it is during this buildup. It is incredible. Yes, <laughs> so. yes. This oh. night and, and you know, the next few weeks going on, it's, he, he's having the time of his life. Too. Oh, yeah. Uh, he is. Yeah. And he's so perfect at it, dude. It, it, um, I, I'll talk about it more later on, but yeah. Um, he, he comes out, he comes out to Stone Cold's music yeah. opening up this episode <laughs> or also the crowd goes nuts when they hear the glass breaks, but Vince McMahon comes out with the title. He's got security surrounding them and cuts the promo saying that there's not going to be a rematch this time. Not going to make the mistake that he made after King of the Ring 98 where Kane took the title. So it's not going to be a rematch, but tonight these, he's going to offer his this magnanimous gesture in Mr. Man's <laughs> word of the day that exactly he's going to declare tonight Stone Cold Appreciation Night. 
Oh, what a jerk. <laughs> what a heel move, man. Oh, it was so good. Sure. But uh, I remember watching this episode and thinking I knew something was up because there's no rampway. You know, there's no, you know, the entranceway is just flat. And I was like, huh, this is good. But yeah, I think, so then I thought Stone Cold Appreciation Act, they're going to do something, you know, who knows what's going to happen here, but there's a reason for this, but uh, we'll find out what that reason is later on. But yeah, I do love that Vince talks about here that, you know, he said tonight we're going to crown a new WWF champion and the champion will be presented the official WWF belt, not this, you know, this uh, smoke and skull one, because this one be above the fireplace in one of my many homes. So. And that's an important point. Let's remember that. Bank yeah. that in your memory, folks, because you know this is one of the, the great points of Vince Russo is he yep. would plant little seeds like this and pay them off because that is actually going to get paid off here in a few months with a little Very angle <laughs> going on. And I don't want to spoil it if you've never gone through this buildup before, but remember Vince McMahon saying he's going to place the Smoking Skull belt above the mantle place in one of his homes. It's going to come into yep. play. That's right. Long-term storytelling. Yeah, at its best. So um, then later on, perhaps one of the most recognizable moments of the Attitude Era, and I, I, I know that I'll never forget watching this live. It's been in every single recap video from the Attitude Era. It's it's one of the top things anyone remembers. So Vince is out and with the uh, Stooges, and I think he's got some security, and the, yeah, the cops are out there, and he's got this, I'll, I'll never forget that, that display case that has a WWF title in it. and um, The winged goes, eagle. The, yeah. He's got the official yeah. belt back. And not yeah. the not the one they brought out after WrestleMania, the blue one. I don't know what that one's called. You know what I mean? Yeah, the one after the winged eagle, the one they made just for Austin, then he made his own belt. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, uh, but it's the winged eagle belt they've got back out this time. Oh, this is the wing. This is the one like the Hogan one. Yeah, the winged eagle. it's the one, it's oh, the one wow. Austin won. Uh, yeah, the one he won. But then they okay. retired. But it's the winged eagle that's back. It's weird. they went backwards. Very cool. Very cool. So yeah, he's got that in there, and in that you know display cases, the red carpet in the ring. Uh, you know everything's very pristine and prestigious. And again, Vince calls out Undertaker and Kane. He's going to present one of them with the championship, and that uh, cut backstage. And I'll let you take it from here, man, because I I. We've been waiting to talk about this, so let's go oh, ahead. Oh, yeah, man. It's, you've got, you know, like you said, top most recognizable moments of the Attitude Era, probably the beer truck. That, that, that one's probably number one. And then we're going to see, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to see the other top two of the top three. I yeah. Think. Uh, then this one is one of them. Stone Cold, of course, driving a friggin' Zamboni into the <laughs> arena. He drives it through a fence backstage, and he's... Uh, what's crazy is he's tearing down these lights and equipment backstage. And yeah. I remember when it aired live, actually it cut the sound out from the live oh, broadcast yeah. for like five minutes. He actually drove over some of the sound equipment and stuff and cut out the feed. And on the network it's fixed, but right. you hear Jr. and King say something in the commentary still about, are we on the air? Like something yeah. like that, yeah. because that, I remember watching shoot. it live. Yeah. yeah, the sound was out when it when it happened. They would show the replays and they fix the sound on there. But he drives into the arena, bumps into the ring, and the ring That's like moves like six inches. <laughs> he moves the ring like yeah, six to twelve inches, man. Oh, he just slams into. And I've heard him. You know, you and I both heard him talk on his podcast about um, how. Uh, he's you know this was the first day he learned to drive. He's like, I'll drive anything. He's got to teach me. And like right. he learned that day and. Ran over some lighting equipment, <laughs> tore the sound out of the arena, and yeah, smacked into the uh, in the ring. Man, it's so good. So the crowd is going crazy. It's just he looks incredible. He looks like a star, super mega star doing it. He uh, gets on top of the zamboni and hits a flying clothesline onto McMahon <laughs> into the ring. It's it's the best, man. It's it's the absolute. It's so best. good. And Vince takes that bump like a champion. He like, does. It, Talk about the Stooges. Now Vince is Vince is not known for his bump taking. He's awful, but uh, this one is good. Mike is Austin laid it in there. <laughs> he just hit oh, for sure. Him. And then one of my favorite things too is this inflatable Stone Cold comes flying into the <laughs> ring. The, I guess it was there for a Stone Cold appreciation. I have no idea Maybe. where it came from. <laughs> but like watches this, it into the arena. Yeah. So not a beach ball, but an inflatable Stone Cold. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd be okay if people threw those around nowadays. Inflatable stone oh, yeah. gold dolls. That'd be all right. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Uh, of course, Austin gets arrested because of this. Taker and Kane are just sitting in the background, just watching, <laughs> just watching yeah. Mister Man get assaulted. <laughs> you know, they're they're kind of fed up with Mister McMahon at this point, so they just watch. And Stone Cold lets out that iconic line. He's just ranting and raving. I ain't through with you yet, not yet by a long shot, Vince. And of course, he's not going to be. Uh, he's telling the truth there uh, as he gets escorted out of the arena. Oh, and that soundbite is played over and over and over again in this buildup, you know. Um, so, uh, yeah, good stuff, man. But you can tell he just ad-libbed that, but it was great. Oh, yeah. But, um, he was the king of that. Oh, yeah, so good. And then, yeah, I mean, Austin getting taken away by the cops, and we come back from commercial, and Vince Kane and Taker are in the ring with the, the you know title in the case, and Vince reminds the brothers that their deal was they get a shot at the title if they kept Austin from attacking them, and Three times in the last week, Austin has attacked him. So he said, I'm not going to live up to my part of the deal, you know. And so he reneges on his deal with the with the, the, the brothers, and he says now he's going to make a main event at Judgment Day, Kane versus The Undertaker for the WWF title. And not only that, the cherry on top is Austin's a special guest referee. So talk about putting some stakes on the match. Even the ref, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see in a minute, but – this match has some stakes. You know, it's for a vacant championship, and Austin's the ref, so everything's building to this this match. You know, what do you think about the logic behind that, though? What do you think about the logic of Vince putting the guy he can't control right. <laughs> as the guy officiating the match? Yeah. I mean, it's a little questionable. Kayfabe doesn't make sense, but in real life, he's got to get by rates. So, of yeah. course, right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you're right. Kayfabe doesn't make any sense to put him in it. Just like... We was talked about last week that, you know, uh, the, the stipulation for the, who could pin who in that match or breakdown. So mm-hmm. whatever. But it got people talking. So It did. Um, Taker and Kane are obviously pissed off about this. but uh, and, and Vince continues on and it says, you know, so everyone in this arena tonight does not feel cheated. In this ring, you're going to see Undertaker yeah. and Kane <laughs> in a handicap match against three individuals, Ken Shamrock, Mankind, and The Rock. And Vince, again, saying something you probably can't say on TV in 2018. Yeah. Uh, he says, Wish you the best of luck. You know why? Because I think the two of you are going to need it. Because as far as I'm concerned, it's like dealing with the handicapped. Uh-oh. Easy. One's physical, and the other is mental pointing at Kane and The Undertaker, making handicap jokes. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing a Yikes. CEO can't do anymore. Yeah. Yikes, man. You cannot do that. Again, not going to find that in my vocabulary, but, uh, you know, in our everyday life, no. in our everyday life. But I'm sure at 12 years old, we said dumb stuff like that. So, right. But it is, Vince is 52 at this point. So <laughs> he should he know should, better. He should know better. <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, but yeah, he does that. And, and that sets... That's that's Taker off. He grabs him by the shirt and says he better watch himself and uh, has a comment here, I think, that uh, he says, you know, we've talked in the past that Undertaker has stopped himself before he says a curse word. Well, here he's got that new hard eyebrow piercing, you know, he's he's <laughs> he's hardcore. So he says, you know, you need to watch your 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 AWS and because next time you get out of line with either one of us, you'll be the one who's handicapped. And that I will promise. So. You know, coming back with a one-liner at Vince. So, but Vince, Vince has a, re- yeah. Go he, ahead. He immediately goes out of line. He he, he flicks off Undertaker behind their back and, like a great heel, gets caught and just gets that oh crap look on his face. And Undertaker yep. just unloads on McMahon, uh, just wailing on him. Kane follows suit, and again, perfect storytelling here. Jr. and King start screaming, oh, no, there's not any cops anymore. All the cops, yeah. security guards that were protecting McMahon were all gone because they arrested the uh, arrested Stone Cold. So Mr. McMahon's out there all alone. Undertaker puts this uh, leg lock hold that he's been using the past few weeks on Vince and twists him and turns his leg. You mean that, that UFC-style hold? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just, JR's official title for it. So. <laughs> Kane holds off the Stooges on the outside and then uh, they take him over to the stairs. <laughs> yeah, take him to yeah. Kane's on Stooge Patrol, and then they take him over to the stairs, and 
quote-unquote break his leg by slamming it with the steel steps and uh it looks pretty gross when they slam it they do it re- they do a really good job of hiding it you know? yeah of filming it his, framing his it. ankle mm-hmm. yeah the production is really good on it to hide it um and so it's really good again the crowd is popping huge again i mentioned last week that you know these guys are face are heels but they're also it just, it just depends on the situation you know how they right. react they're not straight laced baby faces they're not despicable heels at the set you know on the other hand but they're just they're reacting to situations and that's what makes this stuff seem pretty cool and real because again here they're getting huge face pops you know for attacking vince because he's the number one heel so anyway that leads us to the yeah not 50 but more than that (laughs) yeah just a couple here (laughs) yeah just a couple (laughs) uh and another great part about uh, more great storytelling here there's when they take vince a man to the back He's having to wait around for an ambulance because earlier in the night, Dan Severn was paralyzed by Owen Hart yes. in storyline, which was a crappy storyline. But yeah, they got that because of that. There was no ambulance left, so Vince McMahon is left around writhing in pain because of this and can't go to the hospital yet. So just I yeah. like that subtle touch there. Uh, they're paying off, and again, all of everything is tying together. Yeah, and that's one thing: attention to detail. And that's one yes. thing that you know not to talk too much current stuff but you know you'll see guys that have been best friends you'll, you'll see Roman Reigns get beat down in the ring but then you know Seth Rollins won't come and help him out it's like why not they've been yeah. together for five years so but back then at this time there was a there was a reason why everybody wouldn't have come out like I remember that one point a few months ago Road Dog was locked into the locker room right so he couldn't come out and help Billy Gunn so attention to detail nuances like that make this stuff seem so much more believable you can follow the thread and, and see where where it winds up and it's just so cool to see that attention to detail again getting off our soapbox but let's move on well another thing too that all of this that we just talked about this ate up about 30 minutes in a row yeah on a two-hour like show yes <laughs> yeah with no wrestling quote-unquote there's no matches nope. and i was highly entertained like yeah. i could not care less <laughs> there was no wrestling in all of this but, you know, I say that, quote-unquote, wrestling. I mean, this is wrestling, too. Right. You know, we get so fixed up on, you know, what happens in the ring, between the bells, work rate, the action in the ring. That's, that's what the peak of wrestling is. That's what seven-star wrestling is. <laughs> and, yeah, man, we love that, too. But, dude, incredible performing, storytelling, character-building this is what we all love too. And I think, yep. you know, it's, again, you know, I, I, I don't want to pick on guys, but like, you know, Dolph Ziggler, Seth Rollins, it's great. You guys can have a great match. Those guys can't do this, you know. And, yeah. and, and partially, they've never been given the opportunity sure, to do exactly. a, a segment like this. And they've never been put in a place where they could do this kind of incredible storytelling. But man, this was awesome and i didn't care for a minute that there was no in-ring action happening right no very true because yeah you and i both huge marks for the in-ring work and the work rate and stuff but yeah this doesn't even matter because it's all entertaining you know and really good but um yeah that brings us to an actual the main event of the nights which is like we said mankind shamrock and rock uh handicap match against taker and kane but before they could even start the three Good guys, I guess. Rock, Shamrock, and Mankind are beating the snot out of each other yeah, in the ring. So. They all hate each other too. Yeah. So again, more shades of gray there. And um, uh, <clears throat> I think that this is what summer or fall of '98. So you wanted to mention something here. I think about some references being made on commentary. Oh well, and this Matt, <laughs> and like I noticed it in the past few weeks too. This is. Right in the middle of when Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa were were trying to break. <laughs> the Hank Aaron's home run, home run record, record. Yeah. and <laughs> good old JR. Oh, not Hank Aaron. What, whose record who had the 72 home run? Jeez, um, uh, I'm yeah. embarrassed. I can't remember <laughs> that. Anyway, they're trying to break the single season home run record. Right. And, oh, j- they, they are throwing out references in every, every match about yeah. when they're swinging <laughs> chairs and doing stuff. Oh, it's like a McGuire and Sosa out yeah. there. It's just funny <laughs> to hear the dated, references in there but uh you know besides that something else pretty uh historic happens in this match 
with the finish. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's funny speaking of the finish. Um, so it's a it's a decent match, but at the end of the match, you can hear audibly Earl Hebner yell to all five guys, "We got thirty five seconds. Let's go." He's like, "The show's got to wrap up," and so he yells to everyone. They pick up the pace, and The Rock winds up getting a clean pinfall over the Undertaker with an enormous reaction from the crowd, and Jr. Is losing his mind. He can't believe it either because you know Jr. is the one that brought the Rock. I think I think in like two WWE. So I think in real life he's getting excited that you know the Rock <laughs> is beating his other boy Taker here. So he's letting kayfabe go out and he's, he's in real life he's excited here. So huge victory for Rock, man. Dude, it, we have seen it and talked about it a little bit the rise of the Rock and it's happening rapidly right before our eyes, dude. Yep, crazy and to see. A- a clean pinfall over Undertaker is a surefire way to get you to be main event status. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah, that's Except a huge rub. <laughs> <laughs> was that clean? I mean, that was I don't a clothesline. Uh, oh, well, yeah, that, yeah. I'm in that right. match. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. So, so Kane and Taker are angry at each other basically at the end because, you know, take, Kane didn't really help Taker there at the end. And Rock, he's kind of wondering what's going on and so that leads us to uh, i think the next or five days later on heat there's just a quick thing events in the hospital bed and he just says he'll never forgive taker and kane for what happened to him and you know breaking his leg but uh, it's all austin's fault so that's all that happened on heat that's episode 10 of uh, october 4th 98 so and that's teasing us for raw the next night on number <laughs> episode 280 on october 5th 98 this is the one, of course, with Mystery Man in the hospital all night, which uh, I'm sure we all remember as well, where he, again, he's in the hospital because of what Undertaker and Kane did to him. Yep. And, of course, on this night, this is where Mankind shows up to visit Mr. McMahon in the hospital and debuts Mr. Sacco to entertain Mr. McMahon. So we can credit The Undertaker with the debut of Mr. Sacco, one of the most iconic characters and creations of the Attitude Era. Much like we could trace D-Generation X forming to The Undertaker or The Rock joining the Nation of Domination, as we talked about. It all loosely ties back to The Undertaker. Again, his stamp on all of these iconic moments and incidents and angles is so much wider than I think most of us even remember or realized at the time. Right, because it wasn't like it was Val Venus or Gold Dust putting a uh, man or Mick, excuse me, Vincent Man in the in the hospital. It was Taker, you know. So yeah, you're right. I mean, he's been a staple. He's again, we keep saying is he's the reason we're doing this. This idea of this podcast even works because he's been there for so long and been the backbone of this whole company. And yeah, you're right, indirectly responsible, Mr. Sacco. So. Mankind has had his some of his most brutal matches in the WWF with um, Undertaker, and now he can thank him for giving him an easy payday every week <laughs> by right. just pulling a sweaty sock out of his pants. So yeah, <laughs> uh, but this is a classic night, man. Again, just I remember watching all this and just laughing. We were probably on the on the phone giggling to each other at this point in our lives. <laughs> man, <laughs> I, I was still laughing watching it this past week. It's still <laughs> yeah. funny. You're a clown. Up. Yeah. <laughs> this uh, man, like, screaming at the nurse, I said I wanted apple juice. <laughs> that's probably a shoot. Yeah. So, I'm actually angry. So there is, oh, there is a little bit of wrestling on this show, too, uh, in the ring. Uh, Kane ends up wrestling Ken Shamrock. And, again, remember, Undertaker is going to be fighting Kane at Judgment Day for the title. Uh, so even though the two brothers are aligned now – as Kane is wrestling Shamrock, Undertaker seemingly makes Kane slip on the top rope, which allows Ken Shamrock to pick up the win over Kane. And Undertaker doesn't really show any remorse. He just walks to the back, and we're teasing a little bit of dissension between the brothers as they have to fight each other for the title now. So they may be aligned, but they both want the title, so they're going to do what it takes to become the uh, man on top. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I like he just like doesn't give a crap. He just he, Kane slips, he loses, and Taker just takes off to the back. He's just like, whatever. Yep, like, <laughs> I'm done. Which that'll actually come back to hurt him later on in the night. So it does. Um, again, this is the night with Austin attacks McMahon and gives him the old enema. I guess you could say <laughs> yeah. at the end, which that'll come into play later on. So um, we get lots of replays about what happened last week with McMahon's ankle being broken or leg or whatever. But, um, the main event, 
is a huge match, uh, which we'll cover here in on our podcast for actual matches they have. This is the Rock vs. Undertaker. Um, yeah, main event of Raw this night, and Taker uh, uh, comes out alone. Kane's not by his side, but he does come out during the match and just kind of observes at ringside. But when he's observing, he's kind of staring down Taker, just not really taking his eyes off of him. And so, of course, the ref gets bumped, and they do the double-down spot, and um, Kane grabs a chair. And as Taker gets tossed toward the uh, Irish whip toward, their, toward his direction, he smashes Taker in the back with it. And uh, that allows Rock to hit a rock bottom. Um, but, of course, the ref is out, so he can't cover. Um, the Kane slides a chair in the ring, which is a, a mistake, as we'll find out. And then he just goes to walk away. And then um, Taker picks up Rock and tombstones him on the chair and slides the chair out. And, of course... Earl Hebner magically reappears and uh, counts three counts. So again, Taker did beat the Rock here. Uh, so even though he, you know he got his win back, but um, a, a dirty win here, you know, using the chair to cheat. So yeah, yeah, the shades of gray continuing yep. on here as Undertaker gets his win back, but you know more dissension teased between the brothers. Is their Damn. alliance crumbling? What are they going to do? Who wants to be champion more? All this stuff. Yeah, and as much as again, as much as we talk about the Austin's got the crowd in the palm of his hand, the Rock is is he's so next to that right now, man. He is in all these episodes. He is just the crowd loves him, man. It's, it's so funny to see. Four months ago, they were chanting "Die Rocky, die!" and Rocky sucks. <laughs> and well, they'll be back to that soon. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's got him in the palm of his hand. Though. <laughs> yeah, yeah they, they're just here for whatever he's doing. Yeah. Uh, so not much, nothing really happening on Heat uh, coming no. out of that. So we'll skip over to Raw the next week on October 12th, 1998. And this is actually the go-home show. Only three weeks, weeks of build-up to this pay-per-view. So, Thank God. <laughs> gave us a break. It gave us a little break. and uh, But again, more iconic stuff, dude. You've got Austin and the Zamboni, yeah. week one. Austin and McMahon in the hospital, week two. And now we've got Austin with the cement truck as Vince McMahon <laughs> shows up to the arena in his Corvette out of his personal <laughs> private collection, uh, and the uh, oh. this is the beginning of the show, and the Stooges have this automatic wheelchair that they put him in, and it's got a little uh, little donut on there, donut pillow because yeah, his, pillow. Uh, yeah. you know, his uh, rear was a little sore from being violated by Austin. Exactly. All this li- little touches, man. yeah, and it's uh, I love it. It's so good. Uh, and so it's really good. Another thing I love, it's so good, is when they show Kane walking alone <laughs> into the arena. And he's wearing his windbreaker outfit, jumpsuit thing. But this time he's got his mask on, though. He's got his actual Kane mask. So right. he's upgraded from the ski mask. And uh, But I just thought that was amazing. He's, he's walking into the arena. It's dark outside. He's arriving late. And he's he wears this out in public. He's masked. <laughs> Oh. What do you think Kane should be wearing? Because we've seen him like three <laughs> weeks now in his casual wear in this awful 90s windbreaker jumpsuit. <laughs> Undertaker I mean, strolls in, you know, all black, black sweater, black jeans sometimes. What, what should, Kane should not be wearing that, but I can't quite figure out what should he be wearing. I think he should be wearing denim, just straight denim. Right, yeah. You know, just a denim shirt, denim pants. Maybe a leather denim jacket. Sh- denim shoes. I don't care. Yeah, a leather jacket. Who knows? Something close to the Undertaker's wearing. Because Undertaker will alternate black you know, sweats or black jeans or whatever, but at least he's all black. But I think Kane should not be wearing a purple jumpsuit. <laughs> it's just it's out of it's out of control. <laughs> what about a Garth Brooks style shirt with the flames coming oh, up uh, yeah. at the bottom on there that I used to wear in the nineties? Like like business cane. Like yeah. he's still got the flames on it, but it's, yeah, that'd be phenomenal. Country cane. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it's gone he's country. A, he's a mayor in uh, Knoxville. Yeah, yeah, will be. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, but I have no idea what he should be wearing. But um, yeah, Taker's shown arriving later, and he's rocking his black sweats, and he wears sunglasses at night. I just like to say because he's coming in again in the dark, and his sunglasses are on. So just also super amazing. And who would somebody just tell these guys when the show starts? Right. They're getting there late. And somebody else gets there a little bit late. Well, after a month and a half now, we finally get the answer to where in the world is Paul Bearer. <laughs> <laughs> he is coming into the arena tonight, finally returning. 
And uh, what is going to happen here? The, the, the family torn <clears throat> apart. They're all arriving separately. Uh, no longer Undertaker and Kane coming in together. It's all business now. What's, what's going on between these guys? Oh, sorry. sorry. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I have no idea. I was waiting for the answer. No, I thought you had the answer. I have I no idea. I don't have any yet. answers yet. You uh, have no idea. But as you're saying, we're in the world. I got taken back to that. We should have a little, like, that'd be a great little video or meme online. We're in the world's Paul Bear and just have a little, like, him pop up in random places. So, anyway, that was just an idea. Yeah, my, sorry, my mom was stuck there. But, yeah, what's happened? Why has he been gone for six weeks? We have no idea. Um, yeah, but I uh, didn't realize that this the go home show here is the one with the Corvette when Austin's, you know, dropping dropping the cement into the Corvette and when that window explodes, that wasn't supposed to happen. I've heard Pritchard and Austin both say, and that just that just added to it, man. It was oh, great. Yeah. And and, uh, and you hear, you know, the crowd in the arena is just watching on video, but they yeah they just they go nuts over yeah. it. Dude, how do you think they clean all that up? I just got wet cement all over this I arena. I know. <laughs> that stuff dries. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how they – did they touch on that in, on Pritchard's show? I don't remember I don't know. if they touched on that. But, but you know I've they didn't ask permission it. to do that. Oh, they probably just paid like a, a million-dollar fine or something <laughs> right. to, the, to the arena and said, here you go. So, yeah. I Shoot. love uh, Mankind going and digging through the cement. To, like he goes and – Tries to find Mr. Man's briefcase. It's so funny. But uh, yeah, after that, Stone Cold comes out in the arena. Uh, he's bragging about it. And then Mr. Man comes out and interrupts him. And he is flanked by a masked security guard, kind of in riot gear, and a couple of canine officers as well, barking and, and going crazy <laughs> out there. Um, and Austin walks up to them. He's, he's trying to set the dogs off and trying to get the dogs to attack him. And Right. <laughs> it's just funny. Well, it's it's weird because there's only one at first, and then all of a sudden the camera comes around and there's two. Like, mm. The second one was late. I don't know what the dog was pooping backstage or what. I have no idea. Probably. But anyway, they come out, yeah. Do you think there's any significance to the Kane 9? Kane 9? No. I didn't think about it until now, but <laughs> Absolutely. And Canaanites, he does call his fans Canaanites. That's right. Eventually, so yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's um, they really love this canine stuff, man. As we'll see later on with the kennel from hell and stuff. So. <laughs> uh, hey, Ruth, I love some canines. Speaking of that, yeah, my your dog, my dog's right here. You probably hear uh, she needs some um, attention right now. I heard us talking about other dogs. So. Yeah, Sorry, but Rosie. this is great. Vince is just like you violated me, Austin. Yeah, he's, he, he, he's so good. This promo right here, he is – people act like Vince is out of touch or, or Vince McMahon doesn't really care about wrestling. Vince McMahon – go watch this segment, Vince cutting this yep. promo on Austin right here. He is Jim Cornette, Bobby Heenan, Paul Heyman, every just chicken crap heel yep. rolled into one. He is so evil but but such a coward – and so embracing his heelishness in this promo, oh my God, it is perfect. In the hospital last week, my God, my head is still ringing from being struck in the cranium by that thick metal bedpan. Bedpan McMahon. My nervous system is still in shock over that defibrillation. In my rectal area. What? Oh, no. When you stuck... You violated me, Austin! You violated me! He's perfectly getting the audience just riled up against him. Perfectly being the authority figure who just hates Stone Cold and wants to get revenge on him. And he adds a stipulation to this match here or yeah he does yeah. He, he says that uh, it spells it out right here that if stone cold steve austin does not raise the wwf champion's hand and humble himself to Vince man <laughs> on sunday then he will fire stone cold steve austin so not only does this match on sunday now have the stakes of crowning a new champ the referee's participation in the match has stakes yeah. as well. 
Yeah, which, like, that's what I said earlier. We'll get to that. Like, how cool is that, man? Like, even Austin has stakes here. You know, he's got to do the right thing after the match is over. So just make sure you, you kind of tune in to see what happens. You know, you, you don't want to wait till the next time of Raw. You got to see what happens on this night, you know, that's right. pay-per-view. So good stuff, man. Really good stuff. Yeah, and just Vince's recap of that whole everything that happened, Austin violating him, was just – uh, it's worth watching just to it's laugh. Incredible. You got a good laugh. <laughs> it's so good. I don't know how he does it with a straight face because I would have laughed the entire time. Oh, yeah. So, I have no idea. I'm like Jerry Seinfeld when I act. I'm <laughs> terrible. I laugh too much. As you listeners probably know, I laugh all the time. So, anyway, the main event of this show, though, is Kane and Taker tagging against Austin and Rock. So, just let's pause real quick. The main event of this show is Kane and Taker. I think the light just oh, the, went off my room. The Undertaker's <laughs> okay. coming for you right now. <laughs> okay, let's just set the stage for what just happened <laughs> for our listeners. <laughs> I'm sitting here in a room recording, and all of a sudden the lights just flashed on and off, and now they're gone. I guess the light bulb blew out. It's, oh, just, uh, it's just heat lightning, oh, as uh, Paul Bear said. Exactly. Oh man, let's get sorry. Get back to where we were. You better go I, check guess, on Jenny and the kids. It's literally it's just my room. <laughs> I mean not my room, but it's just the room I'm in right now. That's it. All their lights are on now, so I don't know. I guess the bulb blew out as I was talking about it. Anyway. <laughs> too good. I wish this was a video <laughs> podcast. I wish it was too. Oh anyway, the main event again, Kane and Taker facing The Rock and Steve Austin. Who again, don't forget the Rock is the number one contender. He won that triple yeah. threat match. Yeah. Um, at breakdown. So just what a like what a what a fantastic main event. You know. The future stars, future Hall of Famers. Well, some of them current Hall of Famers. Well, actually no, only one of them is Austin is. How crazy is that? Yeah, they all will be though, for <laughs> oh, sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. And Paul Bear is as well as he comes out That's true. during this match and and, and watches along. Uh, to the goings-on here. But, yeah, talk about forgetting something. JR has a huge mental lapse on commentary here. He and King are talking when Paul Bear comes out, and JR says, well, we see see Kane's supposed father coming out here. Manager of the Undertaker, the father, allegedly, of Kane. You mean allegedly? I ain't seen no DNA on that. And you listeners out there will know that we absolutely got DNA evidence of (laughs) Kane being Paul Bear's son. We watched all these segments of Kane going through a blood test, and we had, what was the doctor's name? Oh, Charles Woolsey. (laughs) Nashville's finest. Dr. Charles Woolsey let us know in no uncertain terms that Paul Bear was the father. Come on, JR. What are you doing? He's talent relations, man. Head of talent relations at that point, I guess. But yeah, what a, what a missed thing. Like, I don't know. It's almost like greatest night in the history of our sport, Tony Schiavone. Yeah. Can't be every night. Come on, man. That was a, that was, it was a big deal. Like, you should have remembered that. So, uh, anyway, well, I'm surprised King didn't call him out on it. <laughs> right. <laughs> as much as he likes to blow stuff up. But um, this match is unique, though. Again, not only the fact that who's in it, but um, one of the coolest spots that i completely forgot about but as i watched this i remember it is the rock goes for people's elbow and as he goes to drop the elbow taker does his little zombie sit up and rock kind of bug eyes at him and then just kicks him down again <laughs> and then elbows him and the crowd eats that up and they love it it was so great to it was see so cool it was awesome man and rock's just coming into his own he's getting comfortable you know you can see it but yeah like i said paul bear's out there and mark henry and d come out at some point too and they wind up just Attacking the Rock on the outside, so um, take him out and uh, turn on him again. Officially turn on him now. You've kind of seen dissension amongst the ranks there, but they turn on him. And then the match ends when this security guard guy you mentioned earlier in the ski mask, uh, the riot gear, comes out and he nails Austin with a nightstick, um, only to reveal himself to be drum roll please from Cobb County, Georgia. <laughs> Where I'm at right now, the big boss man. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I'm such man. a huge boss man, Mark. Uh, both versions of the original boss man with the, the blue police guard outfit. And this one, yeah. heel boss man. I love heel boss man, too. So I'm excited for him to play a role in this. And 
you know, we're going to we're going to cover one of the most infamous big boss man matches here uh, in, in a few weeks. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm excited for that one. Now, see, last week when you dropped the little seed of, you know, Undertaker was responsible for someone else's career on the rise. I, and you said we'd talk about it here. I thought you meant this, but you, you know, meant Sokka. I meant Sokka. I thought but... you meant Rock, too, because it could have been he touched like the Rock's got over here, uh, Sokka, and then now boss man's back. And so, yeah. yeah, you could go with any of those. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, who's who? Who's who of future <laughs> Hall of Famers? If Mr. Sacco gets in the Hall of Fame, uh, yeah, Dude, that's if, awesome. If Coco Beware can be in the Hall of Fame, then Mr. Sacco <laughs> can be in the Hall of Fame. If the Bushwaggers can be in the Hall of Fame, yeah, that's then true. Mr. Sacco. Mr. Sacco and the Bushwaggers are basically the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> think about it. Except think about which it, one li- is that one of them licks children. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah I mean, yep, Mr. Yep, Sacco yep. goes in people's mouths. You <laughs> that's know? true. That's true. Uh, anyway, the the show goes off the air with Undertaker and Kane teaming up against Austin. Undertaker locks him in the UFC leg lock. Mr. Man watching on. And again, folks, in no uncertain terms, this pay-per-view is being sold on Mr. Man and Stone Cold Steve Austin's <laughs> yeah. rivalry. And the Undertaker and Kane are just kind of there. Uh, right. And that's the unfortunate frustrating thing for me with this build-up and this match i notice what we've talked about the most here we've talked about three of stone cold steve austin's most iconic moments and i look that's awesome that's amazing but coming from our perspective talking taker it kind of sucks because you could put any two guys in this segment and in this match that we're going to talk about here and Very true. it would have been pretty much the same. You could have put any two guys there fighting for the title because it's really all about the referee. Uh, that's true. That's kind of where I think why this match is not really remembered all that well and, and it's kind of a disappointment. Yeah, I agree, man. Yeah, it could have been Val Venus and Dan Severn, you know, honestly, yeah. with Austin as the referee, and it would have had just as much impact. It just, I guess, to sell pay per view buys, you had to put some big guys. But yeah, again. Storyline-wise, it could have been you pick two names out of a hat, have two guys walk out of a box. <laughs> there you go. It would have worked just <laughs> the same. They'll be exactly, exactly. Oh, that but brings you know, us to uh, what is memorable oh, right here is this episode of Sunday Night Heat, the pre-show. <laughs> this is for my me, favorite episode of Heat of all time. Oh, me too. This this is better than the pay-per-view right here. Until Raven started uh, his Seven Deadly Sins thing on Heat, this is my favorite episode of, of Heat right now. So. Well, we get the uh, important update backstage, first of all, that Paul Bear is in the arena, and he's in catering, folks, and he's got two plates worth of food. He is just, he's in his casual, he's wearing like a Dwight Schrute shirt, uh, piling gravy and mashed potatoes, like singing and dancing as he goes through the catering line. He is happy to be there. He's so excited, man, and it's so weird to see him like this out of character for this completely different guy than we've seen, you know? Uh, but yeah, we got another update later on. He's uh, moved on from dinner and now he's in the, he's on the dessert. He's got how many, like four or five four brownies, brownies on, his on his plate, you know, uh, <laughs> as he should. It's, yeah, it's catering. Yeah. Free food. I Absolutely. Do the same thing. Uh, and I mean, it shows with his body <laughs> is what it is. Uh, but the best part about all this, not only, not only those things is that when, you know, our good old buddy, investigative journalist to the stars, uh, Michael Cole, finally catches up with Paul Bear backstage. Yes, guys, I have Paul Bear back here. The question of the day is, why are you here? For the love of Pete, I'm here for the food. I'm here to visit with some friends. I'm here to watch the big event tonight. Come on, Paulie. Seriously, the Undertaker came for the championship. You've got to have something up your sleeve. So you're saying you don't believe me? I said I'm here for the food, the camaraderie. Watch the show. That's all. That's Paul Bearer, gentlemen. Camaraderie. Eat some food. We'll be right back. (laughs) I just got nothing to say. (laughs) For the love of Pete. That's my favorite. Uh, you know, just poor, poor Paul Barrett, man. He, he's been gone for a couple of months. He just wants to see his friends and exactly. <laughs> have a little, have a little get together, have a little free food. God, yeah, every, Col- everyone's accusing him of being evil and all this stuff, man. He's a, he's a good man. I know, and um, you know, Cole doesn't buy it. You know, Cole's not buying it. He he asks him again, kind of prods him, and Paul Barrett just finally yells at him. He's like, "I'm here for the camaraderie and eat some food." <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so, speaking of camaraderie, that's a hard word to spell, and you. It really is. I, I, I definitely spelled it wrong on my notes. Uh, but, I would have missed that one in the spelling bee. But anyway. Dude, Paul Bear continues to be the, the MVP, the uh, <laughs> yeah. best supporting actor of this podcast. Oh, yeah. Uh, just in, in such incredible ways. Um, That's my, I keep saying this is my favorite Paul Bear thing like every couple of weeks. But like, this is my favorite Paul Bear thing now. Keeps setting That's, the bar so and keeps jumping right over it, man. Yeah. And I was saying before we started Waddling recording, right I, over it. I would oh, say. absolutely! I wish we could have had more of this stuff. I wish they could have had like a Fashion Files type show with him. This is pre-network era, pre-dot-com stuff, you know. Um, but I wish they could have had something here that you know we could have Paul Bear and catering, you know, Paul Bear's Food Network show or something. Oh, That'd have been great. So. <laughs> Paul Bear at the funeral home, planning out uh, buffet lines. Yes. Oh my God! <laughs> Missed opportunity. Such a missed opportunity. Uh, So that's going to lead us into the pay-per-view itself. Uh, Judgment Day in your house, October 18th, 1998. I don't think I'd ever seen this one before. Uh, This is my first time ever watching this show and this match. And it's not a great show (laughs) overall. (laughs) I think I, I, I don't. I couldn't remember this match at all when I watched it. So I remember what had happened on the show and everything. And I remember, I do remember watching the Mankind Shamrock match for some reason because hmm. that's a very unique finish when Mankind does the Sako to himself oh, and puts yeah. himself out. Yeah. Yeah. He, he has Manuel Claw himself and Shamrock has him in the ankle lock. He thinks he won, but the ref's like, no, no, no. He, he put himself out with the Manuel Claw. I remember that match for some reason, but I don't remember seeing this main event at all. So yeah, this was really neat for me to go back and dive in and, and see this. So. Uh, which uh, I do want to mention that uh, it opens with another good video package, and then there's like this CGI Apollo 13 rocket that takes off. So, <laughs> I don't know what it was, but um, it looks like something we made in tech lab in middle school in oh, 1998. Absolutely, absolutely. that kind oh, of quality. Remember that, ladies and gentlemen, tech lab. I'll probably bring that up in the future episodes here, so I have some stuff to talk about with that. But anyway, yeah, this is Judge down. Exactly. Judgment Day in your house, October 18th, 98, from Chicago, Illinois, or Rosemont, in the Rosemont Horizon, which again is the site where Undertaker won his second WWF title, where Good Austin point. you know, fought Bret Hart. I want to bring that point up because I want to talk about something in a minute. But um, your boy Bossman gives a great promo here. He does cut a good promo on here. Uh, he's just the best. I love Bossman so much. Um, and he's, I think he's berating Michael Cole in it, which makes it all that much better. Oh, yeah. Um, Absolutely. We get a good hype video, as always. Uh, these are always excellent before these matches. But again, this video reinforcing that this is about Stone Cold and Mr. McMahon. Undertaker and Kane are just kind of bit players. Yeah. In this uh, before the match, as uh, they make their entrances out here, and their entrances are all, Kane and Undertaker. Yeah, there's sort of like a chain link fence set up in the aisleway, and as Kane comes out, it gets set completely on fire behind him. Some yeah. cool little special effects, and then Undertaker gets some massive pyro for his entrance as well. It's probably more than the WWE is going to spend on pyro in all of 2018. <laughs> That's what they spent on Undertaker's oh. entrance here. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, they could spend some of that down under money, though, on some pyro nowadays. Maybe so. Saudi Arabia money, so who knows. But, um, yeah, it's a lot of pyro for this interest. I, I'm glad you noticed that, too, because it was just a lot, a, a lot. lot. But um, <clears throat> one thing I want to mention real quick before we hit into this is that um, during the show, Michael Cole says that WWF.com has, has reported that Paul Bear was seen going into Undertaker's locker room. And then later on during the show, like between two of the matches, he says that he being Cole says that Paul Bear is currently in Kane's locker room, caucusing. Word of the day. <laughs> Which is funny because Kane is the one that would be caucusing as a mayor nowadays, right? Ah, so anyway, he learned it from his dad. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I did. So I just can't pick a worse word. Are you caucusing in it? I just I think my man pulled it off his calendar and said, "Make sure you say this, pal." So <laughs> anyway, but yeah, man. The, like, I just had to mention that before we break into the match. But, yeah, Taker's got a really good babyface pop, you know, here, I, I would say. And, again, this is Chicago. That's a great crowd, you know. And, um, um, yeah, but speaking of great pops in Chicago, the referee, 
well, is yeah. out next. <laughs> well, Undertaker and Kane share a few words in the ring. So, yeah. again, like, like we just said, Undertaker and Kane have come out first, the two wrestlers. They're in the ring. They shake hands before the match, which is a nice little character touch. They're brothers. They're Caucusing. aligned with each other, <laughs> but now they know it's, it's business now. They're going to fight for the title. And Stone Cold Steve Austin, the referee, gets the last entrance here. That tells you everything you need to know about what's going yeah. on here. When have you ever seen a referee make the final entrance for a match? Even a special guest referee. I can't remember where I've ever remembered that happening, even with a special referee. And that's the whole issue I have with this. Um, and it tells you why the, uh, why the match is kind of, it's kind of heatless here. To be yeah, that's true. That's true. Although the, <clears throat> no, the crowd does love Austin when he comes out. Oh, yeah, they do. Absolutely. No, it is, it's bizarre to see him come out and not be a participant in the match because you'd think he was because when he comes out, he's not even wearing the zebra stripes. He's wearing um, the Austin 316 shirt, but it's got the blood. There, it's got the red blood on it, and on the back it has his face with the blood running down, which just so happens to be from Chicago. I don't think it was an accident that he was wearing that shirt in Chicago. Going to get him a little bit more over. So. I bet you're right. <laughs> That's from WrestleMania 13. So, uh, anyway, thought that was pretty neat, though. A little neat little Easter egg. You know, Austin has talked about on his podcast, He talk, he's talked about how he hates being a special referee. He doesn't like doing that, <laughs> yeah. and it's a lot more challenging than it seems. You know, the referees yeah. play a much bigger role in matches than I think anybody as fans as we ever give them credit for they do a lot oh, in, yeah. in holding matches together and when you're a special guest referee you got to play that role too so he, he's talked about how challenging it actually is here but to me just watching as a fan i it feels like he does a great job and he's in character he's the hilarious whole time. yeah <laughs> he, uh, he gives the guys instructions and then flips them off uh, as he gives them instructions <laughs> and rings the bell yeah he's um, uh he's definitely playing his role oh yeah he is yeah, it's just it is funny to he's he's like subtly hilarious in this match. Yes. Like giving them the the rules at the beginning and stuff and then things that he'll pipe in and say later on. It's it's really funny cuz you didn't think of him as a comedy character back then, like more so in 2001, you know, he did a lot of comedy, but he was even doing it here, so Yeah. a lot subtly, but the match takes place um Undertaker attacks first. You know, we oftentimes have been breaking down his matches and he gets attacked first, but he strikes he strikes first here, so which I thought was pretty neat. Um, attacks Kane from behind and starts corner punching him and then immediately goes for old school. And then uh, he's in control kind of until Kane turns it around and hits a power slam on him. So uh, that's kind of the beginning of the match. Crowd's chanting for Austin, which, again, is a problem because they're not chanting for either one of the participants in the match. Yep. They're just chanting for, for Austin. So, um, you know, like you said, it's kind of heatless for them too. So It is. That's exactly what I'm saying. Uh, but they – the brothers are still pretty evenly matched here, as we've seen yeah. in their matches with each other. But Undertaker goes to make a pin early on. Austin gets down to count, but doesn't even slap the mat. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. again, uh, doing comedy here, telling the story of Austin. You know, he's been given this mandate by Mr. Man, but Stone Gold's playing by his rules. He doesn't care about it. Um, Undertaker, of course, gets pissed off about this. Undertaker stalks him, and then something interesting here, Kane gets a pin, and instead of not counting this one, Austin actually tries to do a fast count here and tries <laughs> yeah, to go ahead and give yeah. Kane the title. So Austin's playing some mind games with the brothers. Yeah, he is. I thought it was a really cool little, uh, you know, cool little twist right there because you would, you know, you'd have thought watching this blindly or watching him for the first time that he's going to not count. Uh, you know, for Kane either, but yeah, seeing him count that fast count was really neat to see. So, um, and then after that, Taker goes over the top rope and gets close on, but of course he has that perfect 10 landing, as you always point out. And, uh, uh, here's a staple for most of these matches we've been covering recently is brawling on the outside. So yeah, that tends to be the, the Kane and Taker go-to. So. It's becoming a more and more of a staple of Undertaker's matches. Just a lot of time spent on the outside brawling around the stairs and the table, and all this stuff, and, and Austin doing more funny stuff out here. He tries to hand the Undertaker the, uh, the the microphone cables to go ahead and choke Kane, but Undertaker he goes for a chair instead, and Stone Gold just kind of like shakes his head in approval, like, "All right, yeah. go for that, brother." Yeah, yeah he's like, "Oh, fine, touche." So, yeah, I liked it. It was it's really again. That's just it's funny, but it's not it's not overtly co comedy, you know. It's yeah. subtle, which is which is the best kind of yes. comedy, you know, especially in wrestling because when they try too hard, it's not funny. So. But um, 
Yeah, he grabs that chair and he misses a, the, a chair shot and Kane gets back in control and starts bouncing Taker's head off the table and the ring posts and uh, then they get back into the ring this part and uh, oh I'm sorry commentary says that Austin's not going to DQ anyone tonight basically he's like you know we're he, they're good to go they get back in the ring Taker actually hits a wrestling move gets a snap suplex here on a uh, Kane but then Kane gets up faster though which is kind of neat um, he gets up faster and then in what I can only describe as a hilarious moment of irony. JR commentary says that these are like two heavyweight boxers. They're just going to be swinging for the fences, not going to use too much technique. And as he says the word technique, Kane has Irish whip taker. And when he comes back, Kane botches the spot. So as he's talking <laughs> about them not using technique, Kane blows the spot. Um, and a small section of the crowd let him know that he – screwed up but they use salty language but um it's funny because taker doesn't like we keep mentioning since episode one i think he never loses cool and they just do the spot again next and if you weren't paying attention you wouldn't have known so i just thought it was funny it was yeah and they uh (laughs) try to redo it here but it's just awkward Uh, as we've kind of seen it like that's another thing we've seen sort of with kane and undertaker here is a little (laughs) little sloppiness here um and again you know I, i think undertaker's still nursing a lot of injuries here at this point. I didn't mention it. We're talking about uh, the Raw beforehand, but it looks like he really aggravated like a oh, groin yeah. injury on that episode of Raw, too. He's really selling that. I don't know if he was just selling or if something really happened there, but I think he's still kind of hurting here during this match. But, uh, yeah, then we get a big chunk of the match spent with The Undertaker going back to that leg lock. Um, he gets Kane into that, works Kane's leg, and I wrote down here, you know, the cane that uh, the crowd again just doesn't really know what to do with this story. It uh, right, everyone's playing their roles well, and it makes sense from a soap opera storyline television perspective. But as far as a live crowd watching it, it's just they don't know what to do, who to cheer for. It's weird when you're just cheering for the referee. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So it is very strange. And like I said, not to this, this part doesn't help because this is a big spot where uh, the match where Taker's just working the leg, you know? He's he's working the leg, working his side. He is using technique and using like a psychological uh, match, uh, you know, storytelling here and working it. And I think it's funny, though, because Austin tells Taker to break Kane's leg, which is crazy. He's like, break his legs, break his legs. So, um, but again, he's chop blocking him. And I just, I just noted, too, it's funny because. As we were breaking down the Bret Hart and Undertaker matches, that was Bret Hart's tactic, you know, was to work the leg, work the leg, work the leg. And um, that's what Undertaker is doing here, you know. So kind of chopping the big man down. So I saw it's kind of neat. So Yeah, Kane's kind of play, playing the baby face here. Yeah, uh, As Undertaker weird. works the hold for a long, long time. And, you know, we usually give Undertaker credit for working during a hold and not just resting. But you know, I feel like he wasn't doing that quite as much here it was a little yeah. bit lazier uh working that hold and the crowd even starts a little bit of a boring chant which i don't yeah. know that we've ever seen yet during an undertaker match so that just kind of tells you the the quality of what we're watching this time yeah it is chicago it was that smart marquee crowd but you know it is you're, you're right you know i don't think we've gotten if we have it's been few and far between i can't remember right. that happening so um, but yeah, very, very strange. And then, um, it's funny cause King or excuse me, Austin keeps asking, you know, do you want to, do you want to give up? Do you want to give up to, to Kane? And he's in the tree of woe at one point. And, uh, King on commentary is like, doesn't Austin know that he can't answer without that little voice box gimmick? So <laughs> it's, just, it's funny. So it's just handed in the voice box gimmick and he would have been able to quit, I guess. So I don't know. But then there's like, Taker starts squeezing Kane's head against the top rope. It's it's a very weird, yeah. like I don't know what the point of that was, but um, Kane, like you said, Kane's kind of playing the resilient babyface here. It's weird, and he he comes back after he reverses a stinger splash into a spine buster, which is a pretty cool spot, um, for two big guys. But then um, he's kind of in control, and then he Irish whips uh, Taker, and uh, Taker smashes right into Austin. Though like they kind of do this reverse thing, and of course there's a ref bump, and Austin, you know gets smashed in between them, and then um, he walks right out, and Kane just chokeslams Steve Austin all of a sudden. <laughs> so. Yep, and that's kind of kind of take us 
towards the finish here. Yeah. As finally Paul Bear waddles out towards the ring and he's carrying a chair with him. Uh, as and he gets in the ring, Paul Bear tells Kane that he'll do it for him, that he'll go ahead and hit the Undertaker. But Paul Bear turns around and hits Kane in the back with a chair. Yeah. Turns on his own son. But uh, apparently Paul Bear doesn't uh, didn't pass the strength on to Kane, or, or Kane got strength from his mother, not from his father. I guess I'll say because <laughs> that chair does not phase him; he doesn't sell it a bit. Kane turns around and faces off with him, but that leaves him vulnerable for the Undertaker to just murder <sighs> Kane with a chair shot straight to the head. This shot was gross. Yeah. It made me cringe, man. Like, for yeah, it's the opposite of what Paul Bear did. <laughs> It was the opposite. It's so nasty. He just blasts him right in the head, man. Yeah, so Kane just falls down. You know, it's it's horrible. And Taker covers Kane, but Austin won't count the fall. So Taker gets up and gets in his face. And then he gets hit with a Stone Cold Stunner right here. So, um, and then I think Austin hits him in the head with a chair as well. And then he counts a three count on the on the ground. Neither one of the guys are covering each other. They're just nope. both laying down. They're both down. Austin. Yeah, Austin counts one, two, three. That's 17 minutes and 35 seconds. Uh, and it's a three count. And the crowd loves it. Dude, the crowd pops huge. <laughs> Austin grabs the mic and says the winner of the match is Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, Which, like, no, you're not? <laughs> you know, he's not, but he's, like we said, he's done his own thing here. He doesn't care yeah. what Vince McMahon says. He's, he's daring Vince McMahon to make good on his threat, the announcers pick up on it right away. They're just thinking, oh, no, what has Stone Cold done? What, is, what has he done now? So Austin leaves the ring at this point, runs around backstage looking for <laughs> yeah. Vince McMahon. Uh, I don't know what this was all about. Like, why they wasted time with all this? I think there was – this pay-per-view was short, man. It was real short. Like, that match ended at, like, two hours and 35 minutes or something. Like, December to dismember. <laughs> Could have been, yeah. So, anyway, so I think they had to just, I mean, I don't know. That's my speculation. That but, makes um, sense. But, yeah, you get to see Bruce Pritchard on headsets in the back. <laughs> Young Bruce Pritchard on headsets. This is pretty It's pretty neat, though, them going backstage and following him. But, yeah, uh, tell us what happens here. Well, he runs around for like five minutes backstage, Austin does, and heads back to the ring. And by the time he's back in the ring, Undertaker and Kane are gone. They have disappeared, which, again, plays into what we've been saying this whole time no well, and also they they have that ability we've seen that on the show <laughs> well that's true i guess <laughs> no i'm just kidding but yeah you're right they're an afterthought so then we hear vincent man's voice coming out over the arena asking for the screen to be raised and this was kind of neat the uh yeah the tron titan tron screen gets raised up and vincent man is behind this glass shield behind it uh in the in the middle of the ring. it looks kind of like a luxury box he's sitting up there in his wheelchair. He's got his bodyguard, the big boss man, right there behind him. And he uh, encourages the crowd to to take Stone Cold Steve Austin's picture because it's the last time (laughs) they're ever going to see him. And he lets out those famous words, screw you, Austin, you're fired. Yeah, there they are. First time we've heard him said that way here on this podcast, at least. So that's another, again, it has its, you know, it doesn't have to deal with Taker directly, but indirectly, you know, it's all about, you know, his. He was a pawn in this storyline too. So yeah, Taker's just such a at the helm of all these iconic moments, man. It's just, it's crazy. So, it's yeah. Neither Kane nor Taker are the champion here. We can assume that, you know, they're just pawns in this game. And so, but I think it's cool that we have this new wrinkle in the Kane Undertaker story. We're gonna head, you know, down that down that and flesh it out a little bit more. Uh, because, you know, Bear has turned on his son, even though JR is an idiot and doesn't remember <laughs> that that's his son. So, uh, yeah. So, this was more of an angle than a match, uh, honestly. But I agree with that. I don't think I don't think this match is worth going out of your way to see. I think you nope. can skip over it and <laughs> watch the, the stuff on Raw much yeah. more so oh, yeah. than this match. Again, it, I'm excited to see where the Undertaker and Kane stuff goes with Paul Bearer. I'm not sure I totally remember uh, where all that's leading to or Me why either. Bear did that. 
Uh, it's great storytelling with Austin McMahon. Is McMahon finally gotten what he's been wanting for the past six months? He's gotten the title away from Austin, and now he's fired Stone Cold Steve Austin. And we are wondering as fans, how is Austin going to get back? How is he going to get his revenge? So there's good storytelling there. I just wish that Undertaker and Kane didn't feel as much as, you know, the aftertaker, the afterthought Undertaker uh, <laughs> yeah. on this episode uh, as he does here in this storyline. Uh, I feel like they kind of get the shaft here. Like you said, you could plug anybody into those roles and it kind of yep. feels the same. But, um, yeah, you know, I guess it's just part of it. And, you know, they, they have played a big role up to this point. So we we shall see what sort of role they'll play going forward as we roll on to Survivor Series, the deadly game next week on the show. And I think we're going to get uh, double the fun next week. Two, we, two matches yeah. in one. We sure are, man. Two, two, two things in one, as our math teacher used to say back in this time in our lives. Actually, seventh grade. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we're going to get, uh, yeah, one of the, in my opinion, one of the best pieces of storytelling in one night that we've ever seen and uh yeah anyway we'll cover that next week so but uh yeah good stuff man good stuff we appreciate everybody joining us and tuning in on whatever you're listening on whether it's apple Podcasts, google play stitcher youtube podbean whatever else is out there uh, phonograph we'll, if you're doing it on that man <laughs> if you burn it on a cd wax yeah vinyl vinyl <laughs> Uh, spread the word let us know give us a, give us some feedback a rating uh, share it with your friends that's the best thing you can do for us to help spread the word follow us on Twitter Instagram or Facebook at Talking Taker or you can follow me as well at Alex Dorio and shout out to one of our new followers he's on Twitter uh, probably not going to hear this for a few months because yeah, he's just a, a few weeks he's binging through all the episodes you let yeah. us know at Bobby D-G-A-A-F 815. Uh, I think I know what that stands for. But, uh, <laughs> Why don't he, uh, you I'm just kidding. <laughs> he it's says, PG uh, podcast. He's loving it out there. So, uh, you know, in a few weeks when you get to this episode after binging through it, uh, there's a shout out for you, Bobby. We appreciate you coming along for the ride and spreading the word. Man, uh, we enjoy it. We appreciate all of you out there. And we can't wait to join you next week for another round of Dead Man Talking. Absolutely. And if you were there, if you were at the uh, Rosemont Horizon against Steve Austin's favorite arena to wrestle in or referee, and I assume he would say, he said that on record on his podcast. So um, if you were there, let us know what you think. Let us know uh, what you remember about this match, why you didn't cheer for the Undertaker or Kane. You only were there to see Austin. So, But anyway, other than that, ladies and gentlemen, take her easy. I brought another visitor, another special guest. What the hell are you doing? Mr. Socko! <laughs> Say hello to Mr. Socko! Mr. Socko knows you've been feeling mighty bad, so he's gonna give your boo-boo a hey, big nurse. kiss! <laughs> you gonna what? Hey, hey, ah! No, Mick, please. Please, just Mr. leave. Mr. Socko! Please leave, please. Damn it, leave. Take this crap with you. Take it out. Take it all out. Mr. Sucker. Yeah, that was awful. <laughs>